1: And on the first day of spring, or what feels like the first day of spring here in New York, Seth and Sean, Seth and Sean Sports Radio, we are back. It's Tuesday. Of course we're here. We made a pledge to you at the beginning of the year, at the calendar, that we would be here every Tuesday, and here we are for the hour-long show on, we can just describe it as lottery playoffs, lottery playoffs, lottery playoffs, lottery playoffs, because other than that, there's not much going on. I mean, there is one other thing, and I'd like to get your views on this, set, and we'll, we'll touch upon that first and foremost. But hello to Mr. and Mr. Kamins.
0: Mr. Kamins is currently playing with some toy right now, so we seem to be doing okay. And this is, this is my last show for a few weeks. Um, Sean is going to have the fun of hosting the show next week while watching uh, The Little Dude. Is right. he babysitting while no, I we're take gonna my do wife it out for her birthday. No, we're
1: gonna do it no oh. no 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 no. We're gonna do it earlier. We're gonna do it earlier. You said we can do it earlier, so we'll do it earlier in the day. Before okay. the little dude. Fair we're enough, gonna do huh? it early in the day. And then and then Seth goes Arriva over to Italy for a couple of weeks.
0: I do. And the question being, will I be able to to call into the show? And I don't know. You know, I, I hope to be able to call in at least one or for one show, um, but otherwise I will be gone for two. And luckily, it's a pretty dead time to be talking sports because, really, we have NBA playoffs, we have NHL playoffs, and that's really about it. Um, well, although there I, are some interesting if, stories this week, to say the least.
1: Yeah, if I'm correct, though, one of those shows, and I believe it's the one after Memorial Day, Will be uh, David Tyree's thing. so I believe we are going to be set up for Randy Zelia. I believe is working with David Tyree and his, I guess, foundation to host a live show at David Tyree's event. So we hope to have right, a live which show, I did, in- which
0: I did, which I did last year, and was a lot right. of fun. So I got we, we got you were away, yeah. so I or you were sick. Excuse me, or one sick. of the That's two. Right so i got to we i got to interview a bunch of players olivier vernon uh Darius thompson, who was the, fir- the third round pick from Boise State, and there were a few other it was a good time um and it's a lot of fun doing it on we were doing it on facebook live so it, it was fun so people got to see got to see us' got to see me in all of my glory and you know we go from there um but you should have a good time hosting that show it's it's a blast
1: absolutely so let's start off with something that came down today a ruling from the French Open, and I know that we said that there was playoffs and lottery and playoffs and lottery, but this is kind of front-page news to a degree, and I'm not... I wanted to get your opinion on this. There's been a lot of back-and-forth in the tennis world, particularly more than any other sport, and probably because tennis is such an individual sport rather than a team sport, the French Open denied a wild card to... Uh, Maria Sharapova Now Maria Sharapova Coming off Two years of a Suspension Due to um, Basically Testing positive For a drug In her system And generally The Ex-champions She has won The French Open Once Get wildcards, Whether it Come off of A uh, Layoff In the action Due to a Pregnancy Or the fact that She was Injured generally the ex champions much the same way as in golf the ex champions will get a wild card into those events maria sharapova was told today and she is not in the top 200 of players so she would not qualify as a um for her past right. uh play her past play in the last month she has played in three three events she was denied a wild card and what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that is right? Do you think that she should be? Has she paid her penance? This is kind of, we go back to the same thing with our show two weeks ago, except instead of assault or instead of a crime, we're talking drugs.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more of an interesting situation. And as you said, a lot of it has to do with, of course, the individuals for it. But, I mean, more specifically, it was the importance of this is based on who it is. Maria Sharapova over the last six years has been arguably the second most influential uh, women's tennis player. Probably outside of Olympians, the second most influential athlete, female athlete in the world behind Serena Williams. Um, the drug now, if you, remember, if you remember, she had a two-year suspension, but she wasn't actually suspended for two years. It was knocked down, I believe, to 15 months. And, of course, what happens when you are suspended for this kind of, for this kind of situation, the drug was, not, it was one of those things that wasn't illegal when she took it, and then, but it became illegal and she couldn't get it out of her system quick enough, so they lowered it from two years to 15 months, but she does lose all the points that she had. Um, which is why she's back in the low, in the, around 200 although she's actually had a pretty good couple of events i do in my mind especially because um of what happened meaning it was a as far as i remember and i don't remember the specifics it was a drug that was deemed illegal after she had taken it and it just hadn't gotten out of her system yet the 15 months was sufi- was sufficient and once in once uh, as you said, this was not a this was not assault. This was not a murder. This was not this was it was a drug. It was a somewhat debatable drug use. And so for me, I I think she probably should have been offered a wild card based on her reputation. I mean, although she's now pretty universally disliked, as far as I know, but I think she should have been offered the wild card. I also think it brings cachet, to be honest, to a French Open where there really isn't very much without Serena. I mean, you know, I know, how many women tennis players do you know right now with Serena Williams out because of her pregnancy? I just
1: know the hot one that played Marie, Marie, that is so against Maria Sharapova being in it. Eugenia Bouchard. something or another.
0: Jeannie yeah, Bouchard. she is gorgeous. The future, the, the future ex Mistress Palmer.
1: That one would hope, but I think she's very young. I don't, I don't think that... She she even qualifies in the age bracket. As I get older, I feel more and more dirty, but whatever. Well, we all do. We
0: all do. Yeah.
1: So according to the CAS Tribunal, and I've been looking this up, and CAS stands for, trying to figure out what that stands for here, Court of Arbitration of Sport. So the CAS Tribunal concluded that the contravention of the anti-doping rule was not intentional. That she did not intentionally try to cheat the system and that's (coughs) why her suspension was reduced. The panel wishes, and I quote, the panel wishes to point out that the case it heard was not about an athlete that cheated. It was only about the degree of fault that could be imputed to the player of her failure to make sure that the substance contained in 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 the product She had been legally taking over a long period, and for most of the time, under the basis of a doctor's prescription, remained in compliance. So it was meldonium, a a Latvian-made heart drug that is commonly used in Russia. So my question is, why wasn't it vacated? And the reasoning is because the cat, C-A-S, determined that she bore some responsibility. Okay. So if she bore some responsibility, much the same way as a Manny Ramirez, who said, I, didn't, I, I took a it – was, it, was it was a female fertility drug. I couldn't have taken it. Or Jabril Peppers, who has a diluted sample. If you can state that you bore some responsibility, if there is a court of arbitration that states that you have bore some responsibility, then I think that whatever punishment is out there is the punishment you deserve. And quite frankly, I've said this I've said this before. I believe that suspensions for drugs, especially performance enhancing drugs, are far too lenient. Far too lenient. So, given that, I'm perfectly on board with players universally despising her and tournaments saying, you know what, we don't want this. I have no problem with it, and, in fact, I endorse it. I think it, again, reinforces the fact that cheating does not win. And I think if you do that, if you give her the wild card, what is that reinforcing? That's reinforcing the opposite much the same way as players – Look, players that that cheat in Major League Baseball, players that cheat in the NFL, players that cheat in the NBA, do not, uh, I'm sorry, are rewarded for their cheating. It's borne out. D. Gordon was suspended. He he signed a five-year, $55 million contract. So you don't know how much he was taking it beforehand. Players are not Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz was suspended uh, for 60 days, I believe it was 60 games for taking drugs. And the only detriment in the major league baseball is your suspension. And then you can't play in the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that the next winner, Johnny Peralta, Nelson Cruz all signed major league contracts and, I don't mean major contracts. I mean multi million dollar
0: contracts.
1: There's no deterrent here. Where's your deterrent?
0: Well, oh, for her, her deterrent was she was suspended for 15 months. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, remember, this has been something she had been taking for years that was never considered, that was never banned. So it's a little bit of a different. And my understanding was she got caught on the residual. Now, maybe maybe she took it after the fact and didn't realize. I, I don't know. I don't know the specifics. I was under the impression she got caught on the residual that just didn't come out of her system. So, which is the reason that it was re- that it lowered, that it was, the, the suspension well, was decreed. Then, here's the thing. But though, also, it wasn't, there,
1: there hold on, there is no drug that is banned, there is no drug that a person, that a, company or a corporation or especially in sports says we are banning this drug starting tomorrow, get it out of your system.
0: None, none. No, there's a time. I don't know how long it takes to get out of your system. I'm not, I'm not a chemist. I assume it's a 30 day, some kind of 30 day thing. Um, wait, oh, here it is. Okay. Sharapova had been taking meldo, mel, 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 meldonium for many years but overlooked an announcement by WADA, which is the Women's the Drug Association, that it added the, the drug to its ban list on January of 2016. So, okay, so this was, I believe, also the drug that all the Russians were kicked out of the Olympics for, if I remember correctly. Correct. Correct. Uh, now, to me, this kind of thing where it was something that had been utilized, and 15 months is sufficient, and once it's over, it's over. To Correct.
1: Me, I'm agreeing with that. So, so my point is, she should not be given a wild card just because of her name. She should have to work her way back into it, the same way as any
0: other player would. Well, the reason, but the reason for a wild card is because it is a wild card. You can do with it as you please. And to me, it is more interesting to have an have an event with a Maria Sharapova in it than not. You know, this is not someone who's, you know, 50 years old and out of her prime. This is someone who's probably a top, once she gets back into work, into going to, going back to a top five to ten player in the next champion. I don't have an issue. You know, once it's done, it's done. I don't have an issue with her get it, receiving a wild card. Now, they, now that's of their choice and their determination, and they can choose to do it or not to do it. And they chose not to, and that's fine. Do I think it's the right decision? Probably not, but it's something that can be it's something that I can see I can understand why they didn't. I just don't really I just don't particularly agree with it.
1: Okay. If you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. Do you think that this has anything to do with the fact that she is universally despised?
0: No. Since when is bad publicity better than no publicity at all? I don't think it has anything to do
1: with anything. But tennis is is a different game, right? Tennis is a a different game. Tennis is a gentlemanly sport. Tennis is a sport where booing, uh, your name is not John McEnroe, generally does not come into play. It's kind of like golf, where they are individual sports If there was a lot of booing on TV, you would hear it in golf more than you would hear it in any other sport. And uh, Sorry, tennis and golf, probably tennis more than golf, you would hear it because there would be a bigger faction that would be doing it. You could interrupt play, and you would be very, very well known on TV, which tennis has always been one of those sports that does care about public image.
0: know I said before, can you name three players on the women's tour currently without Sharapova? I don't think I need to. Are you gonna are you more apt to watch the Women's French Open with Maria Sharapova or without Maria Sharapova?
1: In all likelihood I'm not gonna watch it no matter what. That and being I wasn't said. going to. That right. being said, if Maria Sharapova, if I was going through the screen, going through the channels, and Maria Sharapova happened to appear on my screen, just like any other hot woman, I'd probably stop. Oh, <laughs> I, I, that's, part I'm, I'm, that's part of it. <laughs> yes, that's part of it. But is Maria Sharapova, Maria Sharapova because she's so great, or is it because she's so great, and she's a model? Because Lindsay Davenport... That good, has the same titles, but is definitely not – was definitely not as popular as Maria Sharapova is right now.
0: Or what? No, of course this is mentioned. No. And look, we all know that, why Maria Sharapova is overwhelmingly popular with within her crowd where she is beloved. Um, but this is not an Anna Kornikova issue where there was looks but no okay. Now she's won the career Grand Slam. She's a Hall of Famer. Um, You know, contingent on the drug issue, she's a Hall of Famer. Women's tennis is better with her in it. Women's tennis is more heavily followed with her in it.
1: That's definitely true.
0: You know, it's a cut your nose to spite your face kind of thing. And I don't have an issue with now if she applies for a wild card next year. Let's just say she moves up from 200 because she had a thigh injury, so she, to nine to 130 or whatever. Or she is she going to be is she going to be blocked again? Is this going to be perpetual? Um, you know, well, if it's they, a it may be, if it's a one. It may be perpetual.
1: If it's a Seth, Seth, it may be perpetual for all drug users. Period. Whether it be her or anybody and
0: that, else, and that could very well be true. And I'd have, have a lot more respect for that than I would if this is a one-time thing. Considering, as we said, the it's over. I as would they agree. They say she is never gonna she's never gonna be allowed to to play at Roland Garros again. You know, I, I may no. agree or disagree, but I can. Re- Excuse me.
1: But I'm not, but I'm not saying that. I'm not saying she can never play in Roland Garros again. I'm saying that. She can never, or nor should any drug user be able to acquire a wild card to play in Roland Garros or any major. There has to be some penalty, even going forward. There has to be some deterrent. And I don't believe that 15 months. And look, I I understand this, this may be a double standard. I understand. I understand this totally cuts across my convictions or assault from 2 weeks ago. But one one is a crime outside of the sport and one is a crime of the sport. And to me that is a very big distinction.
0: Well, let me ask you something. Now Please do. Sorry, I have a baby playing with one toy and a dog playing on the other. So if you hear back music in the background, that's why. Um when now I'm not you're the you're the contract guy more than I am. Now when sure. Manny Ramirez and Dee Gordon and all these guys were suspended, were they now yep. these pay are baseball and football, are they paid they're unpaid suspensions, correct?
1: They're unpaid they lose. suspensions. That is correct.
0: Okay. So when Manny Ramirez comes back after a sixty-game suspension, he's making ten million. The, the, what's his ramification? He makes ten million instead of sixteen million. You are
1: making ten million, and you are not allowed to play in the playoffs. And I don't be, let me let me be let me be clear. I said this before. I don't believe that's enough.
0: This part, as opposed to Sharapova. Now Sharapova is an exception because she has income coming in from another from other revenue streams, but. Let's just say it was a number forty player in the world who nobody's ever heard of. Oh, you know, for her not to get a wild card, it's a little different because they have no revenue. You're allowed to make a living. Okay.
1: Okay, so let's compare this to football. Okay, because football, once you get, if you get suspended due to drugs, football is not guaranteed income. And if you get suspended due to drugs, two things happen. A, the team has the right to claw back the signing bonus that you had. So, proportionally, they're allowed to claw back the amount of games versus the signing bonus. Number two, most NFL contracts, if you get suspended for drugs and sometimes suspended for the personal conduct policy, all guaranteed money is gone. So... It's a little bit the same way. And I get what you're saying. And I'm not saying that she does not have a right to participate. What I am saying is she has to, she has to like everybody else earn the right by next year. If she's, if she's that good, she will be in the top 40. She will be in the top 30. She won't need a wild card. And I'm okay with that. I, I, Again, I don't believe that that is sufficient. I don't believe the fifteen months was sufficient. but if that's the case, she do you think she
0: should, think she I, should have been uh, banned interminably?
1: I don't know. I don't know what the right punishment is. I really don't. I think the two years should have been should have been upheld. I think once you once you get a suspension and it's been and that you set a standard, I wonder if another player who was not Maria Sharapova, who was, let's say, Lindsay Davenport, for lack of a better term. And for those that are unaware of where I'm going with Lindsay Davenport, Maria Sharapova is a model. She is on the cover of many different magazines, or was, on the cover of many different magazines. She's a supermodel. Lindsay Davenport, while a tremendous tennis player, is not a supermodel. That gives you a little idea as to Why I'm comparing Lindsay Davenport I'm not sure Lindsay Davenport Gets the same I think you're right I think the WTA needs a Maria Sharapova I do I just don't think that This is the right way to go about it So I mean we can agree to disagree here But at the same time I think If she's that good, if she's that good without the drug, then by next year, at this time, she will have earned her right into Roland Garros. Not necessarily a wild card. Do you give a guy on an NFL team, he comes back four weeks, so he's suspended four weeks. Suspended four weeks for a a steroid. Do you automatically give him... Wow, Jake is
0: doing nothing. Jake Jake is to the fall. Hold on. on. All
1: right.
0: Jake's got a big... Jake's
1: got a hard noggin. I'll be looking after him next week. He does. Hey, hey, Jake, I'm talking to you right now, buddy. Next week, you will not be falling because Uncle Sean will be watching you. Absolutely not. Yeah,
0: we we saw what happened when Uncle Sean watched two weeks ago. Yeah, but that was a different type
1: of accident. (laughs) That wasn't a fall. (laughs) Anyway, the fact remains, the fact remains, does a quarterback or does a defensive back or does a wide receiver automatically get their starting job back if they've been out for four weeks? No. They have to earn it.
0: No, but not automatically, but most of the time, they end up so.
1: They they earn it back because they're better than the other player.
0: But they were better than the other player either way most of the time.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So – switching gears we, we we spent 25 minutes on tennis wow and we didn't even that's actually that. talk about tennis
0: <laughs>
1: no you know but that you know but that's what these weeks that are a little dry lend us to have the conversations to be about so again if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846 760-283-0846 now tonight is game one of the – no, game two of the West – no, do they have a game tonight? Yeah, it's game two of the Western Conference Finals, where game one was an interesting game for the game – and we'll get to that in a second, but before the game, there will be the annual draft lottery, which is the annual Sean praise for another cold envelope for the New York Knicks because – Believe it or not, the Knicks won the first lottery in 1985 and picked Patrick Ewing. Since then, the Knicks, I believe, have been in the lottery. I think I saw this 16 times, and not once have they moved up in the lottery. Not once. Hold on, I have it here. Um, wait a second. Set it here. I had it on my my screen. Uh, yeah, 16, dra- oh, 16 drafts since Patrick Ewing was traded to Seattle in 2000. The Knicks have worsened their own position eight times by either trading away the rights or allowing a team to swap. This year they will not be doing that. <laughs> They're holding oh. on to the pick. But talk about swapping Death zone, Brooklyn Nets, the trade that keeps on giving – <laughs> At least giving to the Boston Celtics
0: Giving to the Boston Celtics
1: So the Celtics have the right to swap with the New Jersey Well, sorry, I almost said it again The Brooklyn Nets. So they have a 25% chance Of getting the number one pick in the draft And the Lakers, I believe, have a 16% chance approximately and a forty-seven percent chance of being in the top three, and that's very important for Laker fans. And I'll explain to you why. If the late the Lakers, through many different trades, have put attachments onto this draft pick, the first one was the Steve, was the Dwight Howard trade, Steve. and why that's right. important is the Dwight Howard trade has provided. The Orlando Magic, with either the 2019 pick or the 2000 sorry, the 2018 pick. 18 pick. No, 2019 first round pick, or the two. And if it's if it's not conveyed, then they get a 2019 second round pick. I believe that's it. Now, this pick this year, the Lakers pick, is top three protected. And it is in part of the Steve Nash deal that they that they traded for Steve Nash and gave two first-round picks to the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns later traded that pick in the Brandon Knight deal, I believe it is, a three-way deal, to the Philadelphia 76ers. So, The Lakers get to... Now, the Lakers have the third most ping-pong balls in the draft, which means they have a a 47% chance of staying in the top three. If they stay in the top three, they get to keep their pick. Now, why is that important? Because if they keep their pick, they will keep their 2019 pick and convey their 2018 pick. Now... What happens if they lose their pick? Well, because the NBA does not allow the trading of two consecutive picks, the Lakers will lose this year's pick and the 2019 pick to the, to the, to the Magic and have to keep the 2018 pick. If the Lakers finish in the top three, they keep their first-round pick this year and their first-round pick in 19. If they don't, and if you are a Laker hater, you are loving this. If they lose their first-round pick tonight, which means they're in the 4 through, I think it's 12, they will lose not only this year's pick, but the 2019 pick as well. It's a two-or-nothing deal. It's a pretty substantial lottery for Laker fans say the least and, that doesn't, and of course that doesn't even count who they get <laughs> that's, just, that's just the players in general that doesn't even matter who they get that's just somebody
0: and you, and you, and you look of course as you said Dwight Howard who spend one nondescript year uh, in LA before a couple nondescript years in Houston before a nondescript year in Atlanta and Steve Nash, of course, was forced to retire. So it wasn't like it was like Mitch Kupchak got much out of those on, on the deals, regardless. So Philadelphia, who has been, you know, following the process, quote unquote, for years now, and you know they have a potential, they have a stud in Embiid, they have potentially the Rookie of the Year in Dario Saric, Saric, excuse me, Ben comes back next year. If you can get two of the top five, two of the top six lottery picks in a great lottery, a great draft this year, oh, my. Philly becomes very interesting very, very quickly. And the Lakers in a brutal west just fall farther and farther back with less of a chance to sign an optimum free agent, such as IE, a Paul George. So there are a lot of moving parts. One of the interesting things I saw.
1: Yeah, and it makes it even – so Paul George wants to go to the Lakers, and and this is kind of important because if the Lakers keep their pick this year, they have more of a way, if Paul George is saying, I'm not going to stay in Indiana, which everybody believes he will, they have a way to trade a Julius Randle. They have a way to trade – a Brandon Ingram. Although those are two of the younger guys. If they keep their first-round pick this year, if they have a top-three pick, and they get Lonzo Ball, or Marquise, um, I can't quote, or even Josh, even Josh Jackson. If they get any of any of those three guys, they have a way to trade a Brandon Ingram, or a um, or a Julius Randle. Julius Randall. To to get a Paul George, assuming they don't get a pick this year and a pick in nineteen, they don't have that talent to trade without being nope. mired in mediocrity all over again. Because then you just have a Nick situation with Carmelo Anthony before Porzingis, where it's I got a superstar, but I have nothing around them, and that's what's going to happen. If they lose both of these picks, Because I do think that they're going to get Paul George I do think that they are likely to get Paul George This summer Not next summer Because I don't think that they're going to wait And I don't think that Indiana is going to wait To trade him either So if that's the case Watch out Laker fans You're in in Brooklyn Nets territory Because at least the Nets In the last couple of years Have been able to get somebody if they have first round picks even if they are in the 20s they're able to shoot for the raptors figuratively speaking shoot from the yeah. raptors but if you don't have if you don't have a pick at all man and please if i'm a nick fan which i am god god draft gods help me please please at least give me a top pick so i can trade carmelo for nothing because I seriously think that would be better than where they stand right now. If you had your, if you had to pick right now, sad. The Knicks are in for a divorce. Yes. Of one of two, one or two people is one of two people is gone. It's either going to be Carmelo, or it's going to be Phil Jackson. Who do you think is going to wind up staying?
0: Neither. Neither. So you um, think
1: by the end, by the end of this summer, or you think you're talking two well, or three summers? You
0: know, I mean, I guess practically speaking, Phil Jackson is not walking away from $22 million. Um, and I don't think Dolan has the chutzpah to fire him. I think considering that for all intents and purposes, Bill Jackson has appeared completely out of his element from, the, from, from day one at this job. He should be gone. I think everyone can see that Carmelo Anthony no longer belongs on the Knicks. But you've killed his trade value to a point that is, I mean, mind-boggling. So do I think he's gone? Yeah, I, I think they trade, they'll trade Melo for something. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, and in regards to Dakton, unfortunately it's really up to him. He has what, a five-year guaranteed contract. So, you know, Dolan is not a guy who's going to walk away, you know, who's going to eat $20 million for the sake of eating $20 million.
1: I mean, in reality,
0: they should both be gone. Carvel, and I mean, Carvel has handled himself for the most part relatively well in this, in my mind. But he's just this has just never been a particularly good fit, and you know it's time for it's time for New York has to start. As you said, New York needs to restart around Porzingis, and probably in, in whatever point guard I think that they draft in the first round, whether it's a Fultz or a Ball or a Dennis Smith or the guy from France or De'Aaron Fox, whoever it is, because those are the five uh, top ten point guards that I think are coming. That, we think are going to, that we, that we, that are, that are, that are going to be a lottery pick. I mean, that's what you're looking at. You build around those two guys. That's it. Everyone else is completely expendable for getting a cap perspective. Oh, you get no
1: response. You get no uh, disagreement from me. And the lottery for those that do follow along, the lot, the, the NBA draft will take place at the end of June so, once again, we will have our Seth and Sean Sports Radio annual We Stink at Guessing this NBA Draft thing,
0: and that will happen well, we couldn't
1: be the last weekend. We couldn't
0: case. be worse than we were with the football.
1: You know, the thing is, we keep saying that, and we keep getting worse. So, it's not like <laughs> any of this not, None of this is getting better. The only good thing about the NBA is that there is, a, there is generally a much smaller pool. So... There are generally only about 50 people that we can really pick for the 30 spots, as opposed to the NFL, which there are hundreds and hundreds. And some of those people we didn't even have in our third round, and yet we picked them right. in our first. So
0: I think the, the pool of college basketball players better than we know the college football players.
1: Sure, the pool is smaller. The chances of us getting it are are better. But that still doesn't mean we're not going to suck. So, uh, oh, but we are definitely, uh, we are you know, it, it's really hard to be worse than we were. So, uh, but we'll try. <laughs> I mean, we're, 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 we're certainly going to attempt that. And that is, I believe, the last weekend in June right before July 4th. So, uh, June 30th is the Friday. So, I believe it would probably be the 29th. It's generally on a Thursday night. So, uh, But we will have our preview that Tuesday, and we'll get to that. And So after the lottery tonight is game two. And I'm not sure in the Mother's Day celebration that you had, whether you were able to watch game one. Oh, by the way, to all the mothers, a very happy, belated Mother's Day from Seth and John Sports Radio. I turned off the game in the, at the end of the second quarter and turned back on the game with two minutes left. And, boy was, I, boy, was I shocked. And you can only attribute this to the absence of Kawhi Leonard, to me. He got hurt, and Kevin Durant decided, hey, I don't got the, mo- the best defensive player in the league on me anymore. I'm going to start scoring buckets. And he did, and did, and did. And he got looks, and he got rebounds, and he shook free. And he was Kevin Durant. And there's no Kawhi Leonard tonight. So do you see the Spurs putting up a fight tonight? I know putting up a fight is something we never thought we'd say anyway. We didn't give them much of a chance in game one, and they were right in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the reality is they're just – if it was any other team – I'd say they have no shot, but the practicality is, you know what? Everyone underestimates this team so many times, every year, no matter what. Now, when you can talk about the uh, Leonard injury, the reality, I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Spurs fan because this was a team that was on, well on their way to winning game one. And I agree, there is no, there's not even a discussion point about it. I don't see how they can win without Leonard. I don't. I, I don't. But I see no point in, in writing off any, te- any San Antonio Spur team. It's like writing off the Patriots. Um, but, again, we both thought Golden State would kind of cruise through this. And now I, I I don't know how they don't, but it is really frustrating. Having I saw a little bit of the game, and then I saw the I saw the last minute, I saw the couple minutes here and there. Um, but again, I kind of turned it on, and they were down twenty. So uh, at the end of the day, though, you know, San Antonio with or without Leonard, and blew a twenty-six point lead. And I don't know how people – I don't know how a team can recover from that on the road without their best players. I just don't. Well
1: I was on on mute. I'm sorry. sorry. No, I was on mute. So I said at the beginning of the game, we definitely saw some rust from Golden State, no doubt about it. And tomorrow night we see game one. We we see game one of a team that has had just as long a layoff, being the Cavaliers, against a team that last night somehow found the spirit of Kelly Olynyk, who, I'll tell you, I didn't like him when he came out. I haven't liked him in five years since he started playing with the Celtics. Not that I didn't. Like him as a person I didn't think he was a very good player And last night he erupts for 28 points Maybe he was Bringing back the spirit Of Adam Morrison Because that may have been, <laughs> that looked That looked a lot like what Adam Morrison Brought to Gonzaga Didn't Olenek go to Gonzaga Did I get the, the college right here You did Hey, hey! So so I pulled out Olinick and Lindsey Davenport. I got to get some credit for this today. That's that's two things. So Kelly Olinick, look. The Celtics the Celtics found a way and the Wizards continually tried to deprive Isaiah Thomas of the ball and did a very good job. And time and time again, a different Celtic came up big in that series, Olenek last night, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder time and time again, different players, even Amir Johnson played excellent defense for the majority of that game, the majority of the series and I'll tell you Amir Johnson was a mere tossin as a free agent they didn't really expect a whole lot of him, and he's starting for that team and playing extraordinarily well. he still can't shoot a free throw but you can't solve that, you can't solve everything. Do you give the Celtics coming off last night look we we saw the Spurs come at a very rusty or at least what they looked rusty Golden State team went up twenty, and Golden State just had enough time to come back. Do you think that the Celtics do the same thing tomorrow night
0: uh I wouldn't be surprised, although I think in a lot of ways this was a wake-up call, not only for not only for for Golden State but for Cleveland as well. Um, the difference is Boston doesn't as good as Isaiah Thomas is. Boston doesn't have a Kawhi Leonard, and I don't. I I could I think. I, I don't see it happening simply because I think Cleveland will be ready based on yesterday I think or on two days ago. I think that was probably the worst thing that could have happened for uh, or, well not the worst thing that could have happened yeah that, sorry, I'm now being choked by my son that could have yes Sundays was probably the worst thing that could have happened for for
1: Boston
0: obviously you know winning on Monday but very difficult to imagine Cleveland being this unprepared and this rusty. I mean, it does feel like they haven't played in a month. So rusty may not be the right word, but I think Cleveland will be ready, and I think they make a pretty simple run of this. Because Washington simply doesn't have a cap. Okay, so what's
1: your prediction in the series, given that Wednesday... Pain. I'm sorry? pain, <laughs> pain. Seeing that it's well, it's Wednesday. What Wednesday, Friday, Sunday? So we probably won't be on the air at least until Game Four next week, I believe. Do you think it'll be three zero? Do you think it'll be two one? Where Where do you think it's going? I'm sorry, we can't hear you, sir.
0: Sorry, I, I think it'll be three zero.
1: Okay. And do you think that San Antonio wins another game, wins wins a game in this series?
0: They win one at home. I think I, I think both teams win in five. Okay. And you know, then it sets up the inevitable. You know, what's been inevitable since the second Kevin Durant signed that contract on July 4th of 2016. Which will be a great series but really just kind of anticlimactic.
1: Well, is it anticlimactic or will it be a good series? I mean I It'll I don't think that's anticlimactic. I think that's the series that everybody's been looking forward to.
0: No, the playoffs have been anticlimactic, it probably been anticlimactic. Meaning you knew going okay. in to the season that we were most likely looking at Golden State and we were most likely, likely looking at Golden State and Cleveland. I don't think anyone questioned that—that that they was the overwhelming favorites. Anyone who took any other team was doing it just to be just to be contrarian.
1: I I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I think that's a that's a very valid point.
0: Okay, oh, right, so
1: moving on. Yeah, well, you know what? Every once in a while, I do agree with you, my friend. So. Um, So we have one other playoff series that's going on that has absolutely nothing to do with the – a couple of other playoff series, excuse me, that have absolutely nothing to do with the NBA. And one is that Ottawa and Pittsburgh are now tied at one apiece. Have you followed this series at all? And do you really care?
0: I would like to see Pittsburgh lose. So I'm rooting for whoever wins the West. I mean, I think I would like to see Nashville – uh, simply because they've been so they've been consistently solid for so long, and never just never seemingly had the right draw or had the right offensive power firepower, to make a run. Um, I'm following it because Ottawa's gritty. They're not better than the Rangers. They won the series. I, I forget who they played in the first round. Um, I, I just just I just forget. I just can't remember. Um, but. The Rangers were obviously more talented, and Iowa outgridded them, and I respect that. And you know, to win one out of two, and really for to win one out of two in Pittsburgh, no shame in that. And you go home with you go home with three with three games at home. They, they gotta like they gotta like the position they're in.
1: No, I totally agree. And last night they only lost one nothing, so it's not as if they were thoroughly outplayed last night either being Ottawa. And, look, I'd like, I know it's, I'd like Ottawa in the Stanley Cup finals, and it's good to have Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup, in the finals. It just is. Hockey, while a Canadian sport, really the NHL has been completely dominated by the United States and has been for a while in regards not to the players, But in regards to the teams, the teams that win have been in the U.S. They have not been in Canada. And I'm trying to remember the last Canadian team that won. Could it be the
0: Canadians
1: back in, like, 93? '93? I mean, has it been that long?
0: And if that's the case, Uh, then, wow. Yeah, I mean, just thinking, Edmonton hasn't won since Messier. Although they made the finals one year, but they lost to Carolina. Um, Toronto hasn't been there forever. Calgary yeah, hasn't I'm been there I'm actually... 18, or 89, excuse me. So, Montreal, the last time they won was when they played the Gretzky-led Kings, I believe, in 93.
1: So, the last winning team, you're right, was 93, and they beat the Gretzky-led Kings. Well done, sir. Well done. So, all now you did miss that the, you did miss a couple of the finalists, and that the Canucks played the Bruins in 2011. Right. Ottawa. Eleven. Ottawa played Ottawa played Anaheim in 2007. You got the Oilers. The Flames played t- Tampa Bay the year before that. And right, the lost. Yeah. Sorry. And then the Canucks lost to the
0: Rangers in '94. In '94. Right. No, I was just thinking on a high level. I wasn't going team by team, but I was just thinking that there hadn't been one that I could think of because when you think of the last 25 years, I mean, really, well, the last seven or eight have been Pittsburgh, Boston, Chicago. There was a like kind of mishmash for five or six years, and before that was the Devils, the Red Wings, and the Avalanche. Yeah, totally on board with that.
1: But it would be nice for a
0: Canadian team to
1: to make it in. I mean, I'd really like that to happen. And uh, you know what? They have as good a shot as any. Crosby's still in the game, though. Crosby is still in the game, and when you have the best player in the NHL playing, stuff happens. And uh, So we'll see what happens. A good article speaking of Concussions and Sidney Crosby. If you're looking for an understanding of what post-concussion syndrome is like given in hockey, uh, the players tribune has a good article by Mark Savard, who was the center on the Boston Bruins before the Stanley cup years. And unfortunately suffered two concussions in the course of a year and has not played since. And will have, will retire. Uh, He's right now on long-term, uh, Long-term injured list, so you can draw a salary. But at the same time, he will never play again. So if you're looking for something else. Talking about the Players' Tribune. The founder of the Players' Tribune, the captain, number two, retired um, last year. And we had the retirement of number two this year. Happened actually two days ago, Mother's Day. Did you watch the ceremony? Did you,
0: did you have any thoughts on that? No, I didn't watch the ceremony. Um, unlike other prior discussions we've had about players whose numbers have been retired, I don't think there's any argument. For, there's argument from anyone. Jeter um, you know, goes down as most likely is to most people a top, sh- top five shooting guard, top five shortstop of all time.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and the, ca- the captain of five championship teams. So, yeah, you know, the out of what I heard about his, his speech, it was very Jeter-ish, non-controversial. You know, you know, very kind of straight to the point and the million people, and, and that was it. You know, he. He's, I'd like am sorry. I'd like to please. point
1: out that if to some Yankee fans, Derek Jeter may be a top five shooting guard as well. I mean, he's that <laughs> out, he's that hot. If, if, so, if the
0: only team they follow is the Knicks, that that, that that could be that may not be too far off. No,
1: I'm just saying, Jeter, Jeter's the man. Jeter could do anything. I mean, if you're going to make a new Space Jam, don't have Michael Jordan, don't have LeBron James. The only person that can play any sport, he's the new Bo Jackson. He could do anything.
0: Jeter is genius. I thought that was Tim Tebow.
1: What's that? Oh, Tim Tebow.
0: Oh, boy! Oh, is he, he's right. going to save your mess, right?
1: Yeah, he's the savior. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. If he can, All I want Tim Tebow to do is to be able to heal people. If he can heal people, then he is my savior. I don't need him to be able to play. I just want him to put his hand on Noah Syndergaard's <laughs> shoulder and say, you are a healed son, and all of a sudden we have our flamethrower back. That would be nice. Unlikely to happen. So anyway, five minutes
0: left. Jeff, go ahead. Um, well, so, uh, sorry, I'm being a little choked a little bit. Uh, as you said, I want to wish a Happy Mother's Day to all the to all the uh, all the mamas out there, all the baby mamas out there. Um, it is a it is a tough job, having now lived it for the last nine and a half months and seen what my what Carly has gone through. Um, fortunately, I kind of – we talked about the Spurs, you know, kind of in game one. We discussed how brilliant they look in game six against Houston. Have you ever seen a team disintegrate like that before? At home, down 3-2, a more talented – and lose by 40. Where people were actually wondering if if their potential MVP – Point guard through a game, and then he was out at the club that night. And now he's apparently they're they're investigating him for a,
1: for a robbery
0: for a robbery with Moses Mullen Jr. But I kind of want to go back to the game. This is how, why you know to me the fans care so much more than the player. The fans care more in a lot of ways than the players do because if, if you when you see a team lose by forty at home in a playoff, you know, to lose a playoff series that they very well should have won. The last thing you do is expect two or three hours to see them out of partying in a club. And, look, he has the right to do that. But, to me, it just it just seemed in just an extraordinarily bad taste. Well, so, all in all, you know that's a tough sure. week for James Harden. <laughs> well,
1: you know, that certainly would never have flown in the 70s or the 80s when the players it seemed like cared a little bit more than they do today. But when you think about it, quite frankly, Mickey Mantle was out partying, right? Whitey Ford was out partying. I think a lot has to do with the fact that you just didn't hear about it back then.
0: So well, that's what I, said. You can make,
1: yeah, I yeah, Yeah. I mean, with social media the way it is, we have a much bigger view into these players' lives than we've ever had before. Whether right or wrong, whether Matt Harvey was out till four in the morning because he saw an Instagram post of his ex girlfriend with somebody else, all been through that. That was the first, that was actually the first thing I thought of when I saw Matt Harvey saying, I got dumped, so I went out and I got drunk. You know what? We've all been there, we've all done that. Players are people too. And the unfortunate thing is, we don't see them as people anymore. We see them as players. And that's very unfortunate. It's been happening that way. But at the same time, we've all had a bad day at work, and we've all gone out to try and drown away our sorrows. So give the guy a break. I understand he had a bad day. But John Starks probably went out after three for 21 as well. For Seth Camus this is Sean Palmer. We'll see you all next week different time, check the Facebook. Bye-bye.